I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Charlie Keegan. I'm Paul Thorpe. And this is the Progress of Unity podcast. Shrewsbury 2-0, Wigan Athletic 1, a second double of the season. What a fantastic win yesterday was. I thought it was brilliant. Proper defensive display at the end, a little bit too much, more than I would have really liked. But obviously, Sean Maloney said he found pleasure in it, and I'm fine with that. But yeah, no, I thought across the whole game, I think we played really well. We had a good tempo. We matched them, and then just everybody putting the bodies on the line at the end. It was it was a good game to watch. Good fighting, three points, and I think now we we need ten points from our final thirteen games, and we're stopping up. Yeah, we're pretty we're much there. Off. We're stopping up all season. I, th- I think once we erase that deficit in the first three games, you'd seen the intent, you'd seen what we were capable of. You know, you knew at that point that we were going to be all right. What a fantastic day yesterday was. Left home about quarter past ten, jumped on the supporters club coach, got us there in bags of time, and then into the fan zone at Shrewsbury at the uh, the Crowd Meadow, as it's now called. And what an atmosphere it was. It was absolutely bouncy. It was brilliant. They had a little stage set up. A big shout out to Dave Green. I'm sure Vicky will give you a clip around the ear all when she sees the video. You know exactly what I'm talking about. He'd give it his best shot on stage. Really, really funny. Good day from, from start to finish. The first thing I'd like to talk about before we get into any of the football, the 11 minutes added on at the end. Where did that come from? Some Shrewsbury guys doing like a post-match analysis and even they are sat there saying, where did that come from? And obviously it was in their favour or potentially in their favour for them to get an equaliser. On Latix TV, Anthony Pellum was saying that there must have been a mistake when they put the board up. He said he's pressed the wrong number yeah. there. He's put 11 minutes up and then it came on the screen 11 minutes. And everybody's going, eh? I was that 11 minutes, but I think maybe what's happened is the refs added it on from the last few games and he thought, you know what, we'll try and make it up. We'll put it all on this game because that's usually what they're doing and they just make their own rules up. <laughs> Sean Maloney, his comment made me chuckle a little bit. He said, I heard the fans when the 11 minutes went up. They started singing, yeah. I know what they started singing because I was in the middle <laughs> of all that. It's something to do with the EFL. There you go. Oh, it was that nice, that nice EFL song that they sing now and again. That's the one, yeah. But it did feel like yeah. it did feel like, and to be honest with you, that that particular point of the game it was like the Alamo. They were throwing everything at us. But we'll come to that. Started off with team news: Tittle, Claire, Hughes, Jason Kerr made his way into the team. Chambers, Adiko, Matty Smith, Jordan Jones, Telawasgard, Marshall Godot, Josh McGinnis up front. I thought for the first 10, 15 minutes we was all over them like a sweaty rash. It, it was a really good display. The only thing was that cutting edge right at the important time. Sean Clare had two guilt edge opportunities and he, and he wasted them. He hit one into the side netting and he should have crossed it. Another one, I don't think he knew whether to cross it or shoot and he did neither and it was he sky-eyed it. And then Marshall Godot had a left-footed shot which Morosi got down well too. I thought that first 10 minutes we, we looked really, really good again. Great in possession. We moved the ball quickly. We got forward. I don't think that Godot and Claire work too well together. I think there's a bit of a imbalance of how where he should be playing it in, is what I'll say. I think that Chambers and Jones have got that on the left-hand side. They look very good together. Godot and Claire, I've thought for a while now, don't quite work as well as I hoped they would. But I think throughout the first half, I felt like there was a bit of a hesitancy for us to commit going forward because we know how good Shrewsbury can be hitting one over the top, especially when they've got 11 men on the field rather than 10 from the last game. Udo is so fast up top. 
And then I think you've got Winchester in the middle who's fast at moving the ball around. So yeah, I think there was a little hesitancy just trying to suss them out in the first half and then we we're going to go at them in the second half, which I think they did. But we could have created a lot more chances in that first half than we did. It's quite a theme, isn't it, where we, we start off really well and then I, I think, like you say, Shrewsbury kind of sussed us out a little bit and started to close us down. The two guys that I listened to just before, the Shrewsbury guys, were basically saying they woke up. I think there's, there's definitely a case to be made for a game coming up soon where this early dominance turns into a couple of goals and we have a nice, easy game with a bit of luck. It's definitely a theme that we, we start strong and then kind of settle back a little bit. The chance were... were... Well, I say he wasted two opportunities. The one where he hit the side netting, uh, I'm sure he was trying to cross that as well. But what a move from... He started over defensively with us over on the left and, and Matt Smith not in field. Bad Radico did some sort of looping header. And Marshall Goddard, what a take. On the move, first touch, on his foot, killed the ball dead, and he was away. And then he slipped, uh, slipped clear in. I thought... That was an excellent move. That was proper class. And I think it's, we've mentioned God all that. I think his form's dipped a little bit over since his last injury. I don't think he's come back the same play. He doesn't seem to be as energetic, as much fire in him as there were before. Uh, and, and I don't know whether that's due to, I don't know, heavy pitches or, or just tiredness because it's his first full season. But he's definitely just a little bit under par for me. I think it's confidence. He just needs to get another goal. I think his last goal was actually November time, so he just needs to get another. But you can see when he's in front of goal, he's overthinking it now. You saw the one where Matt Smith put him through on goal and he had three defenders around him. And I'm just thinking, just hit it, just shoot. What's the worst that can happen? And the first touch just got away from him. And you saw his head drop and he just seemed to get angry with himself. So it, it, just another goal I think he needs. Well, you're talking about the take and getting moving forward. That's something that Jordan Jones has given us, hasn't he? where the takedown of the ball and the intent to go in the right direction. Because there's other players where we will get frustrated, where they'll take the ball, but then they'll control it. And then they'll sort of kind of think, right, what do I do with this now? By which time they're getting closed down and the easy ball backwards is the safe ball. That intent to get forward, that that makes me feel good, that, because I think that's where you, you transition from being a side that's trying not to lose and trying to win if you can to not even thinking about losing and just thinking about being a side where you win more than what you lose. I thought Shrewsbury carried some threat with them. Well, I mean, you've mentioned the midfielder, Charlie. I think that was quite... Mike God and Dan Hudo up front, he's he's always a bit of an handful. I always felt a little bit threatened by them, if I'm being honest, and they looked dangerous. But I thought tickling goals was, oof, was incredible yesterday. He had one of his best games, and I know quite a few Shrewsbury supporters I've seen on Twitter named Tittle as the man of the match. Uh, I mean, he made a stunning save from uh, Aaron Pierre, didn't he, with, when he got the header on it but he also made a, a good save from Shea Dunkley as well he got uh, down to dunks I just thought he had a, a really really good game when you look at his stats the stats side that I saw he came out as our man of the match with them 8.1 Baloney said that he was uh, he thought he had a really good game yesterday as well didn't he probably his best game of the season that's what attempt clean sheet in the league and I was looking at his stats as well he made four punches in that game which is the most he's made all season and that's because he had to come out and we, we talk about Godot just needs a goal to get back into his form I think Tickle really needed that clean sheet and a good performance to get back into his sort of form because you've seen how frustrated he's been getting over the last few weeks and to put in another clean sheet and do so well and he was my man of the match I think he was exceptional he 
that's going to set him now, hopefully, for the rest of the season, because that was brilliant. We've said it time and time again, haven't we? We've won numerous points because of him. You know, he's not scored any goals, but he's definitely won points. Where he's kept us in games that we've gone on to win, like yesterday, or he's kept us in games where we've nicked a draw. It was the opposite end of the ground to, to where I was just there. I was at the on the front row, so I didn't really get a clear view of the Aaron Pierre header, but you could tell it pulled off a good save, and I've watched it about five times on, on replay now on Latic's site, and what a save. It's, it's fabulous, and he gets a really strong hand to it as well and pushes it away, but he gets down so well. And he's not a small lad, is he? You know, he's a big lad, so he's he's oh, he's got some attributes. What a fabulous save that was. And then Matty, uh, Matty Smith gets his first goal for us as well. I mean, how good was that? Well, honestly, it came from a set-piece routine, but it, it wasn't directly from the set-piece, were it? Because did half clear it and it fell to Smith who hit it with his left foot on, on the, the volley a left footer I'm, was that a Charlie Hughes assist I've tried looking at it so many times but when the ball comes in from Jones's corner Hughes tries to get his foot up to it and I can't work out if it's come off the head of the defender or if it's come off Hughes's ankle but either way for, to hit that the way he did and to get his first goal I think that there's there's something really nice about Matt Smith missing a lot of the season, still being one of our best creative players and then coming up and getting the goal that I think tips us on the right side now of pushing ourselves to safety. Because like you said before, we only need really 10 points out of the last 13 games and Matt Smith, he deserved that. I've not really looked at him and thought, you're really missing goals from your game. I've not really been too worried about that because we've still got other players that are scoring. But just to see him get amongst the goals, brilliant. It was Dunkley. He was Dunkley's header. The manager, Paul, has been complaining about a foul in the build-up to it. But when you, if you watch it again, Dunkley actually tries to drag Hughes down, first of all. So it's a bit of six or one half a dozen of the other. So they both give a little bit. But we have seen them just allowed for that this season, haven't we? For little bits. But, you know, and if you you know, if you know, blow a free kick for every time somebody touches somebody in the box, then probably there would be no goal scored at all. And we got the... I'm not saying we got a lucky deflection, because it was going in anyway, weren't it? But it's... Uh, it just pinged up into the earth uh, off of somebody's foot and nestled in the back of the net. And you could see the delight on Smith's face, couldn't you, as he ran to the crowd at the back. It's nice, isn't it, just to see somebody stick the foot through it and launch it back in the direction of the goal rather than sort of try and receive it and play safe and recycle it. You know, smash it back in, watch where it deflects. Something that we've seen in the last couple of weeks hurt us and now it's helping us. Fair play to him. And we had a chance to go two up. Tell Asgard, block the ball. It fell down to Johnny Smith, who played him back in. In the warm-up, we were knocking them into the back of the net, doing shooting from exactly that spot. Pinging him into the back of the net. It was a bit of a tame effort, wasn't it, when, when you watch it back. But I thought, I hope that doesn't come back to bite us on the bottom. <laughs> and I, you Ooh. felt it the other day. And Johnny Smith had a, an opportunity as well, not long after, didn't he, where he was he was through and got to kill teams off. It reminded but, me of Stephen Humphrey's penalty when he passed it to the Cheltenham goalkeeper. Oh. Asgard just passed it back to him here. But I think Johnny Smith was brilliant when he came on. All game, I was thinking, this is a game perfect for Johnny Smith. We need to get forward. He's a great runner with the ball. I just always think that final product just isn't quite there yet. I think it will come. And I, I think that he's done well to come back from his injury because obviously he was injured when we signed him and he's done really well. But yeah, next season, well, even this season, he needs to really work on that. Just sort of final product, the final pass, because there was some times where if you just looked up, Humphreys is over on one side, Asgard was there. Everybody was around him and he just wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't do the right ball. But it'll come. I think you said the right word, though. It's probably on his right foot. That's why and he yeah. couldn't hit it. <laughs> 
it's all left. I've just while we're talking about Johnny Smith, players got picked up a booking entry for a throw in. I mean, if he wasted anything, though, he wasted half a second. I mean, that was a ridiculous booking from the referee. But it means he's out now for the next two games. So suddenly you're thinking, who's going to come in? It's got to be Johnny Smith, hasn't it? Personally, I'm thinking more attacking threat from Johnny Smith than Scott Smith and play him on the left and move Jordan Jones over to the right. And though you've got your wing backs. I think you could do that. Potentially even McManaman, if you really want to risk him for a starting position where he could get sent off because he'll he'll clatter somebody with a tackle. But I think when you're talking about the the sort of yellow cards, I don't think the ref actually took him with him in the first half. Maybe he left him in the dressing room. Because when he came out in the second half, it was booking, booking, booking. Went <laughs> five in the first ten minutes. So you think Scotty Smith will step in, Paul? Yeah, he's played there before in, in this season. Yeah, I think he's a bit more natural of a choice. We might go two or three, back three rather than a, a yeah. four, or, or back two and two wing-backs. Yeah, I would expect him to play right wing-back rather than four on right back in the four. Right, well, we'll see see that on Friday and we'll come to that on Wednesday. The stats from the game, possession, we had 48%. I think uh, Shrewsbury picked up all their possession in the last 11 minutes of the game when they, they never seemed to be without the ball. Attempts, Shrewsbury had 15 with, with four on target. We had seven with three on target. Corners, 14 to Shrewsbury, 5 to the Latics. And I think at least 10 of those Shrewsbury corners came in the last 11 minutes. Fouls. Now, this is the one again. Shrewsbury committed 24 fouls and got four bookings. The Latics committed 11 and got three bookings. So that ratio is still there. Of we're, getting, we're getting banjo, aren't we, for this? Attendance. 7,206 with 1,175 from Wigan. The players booked Jason Kerr, Barbara Deco, and Sean Clare picking up his 10th booking of the season, 11th in all competitions, and he's now on a two-match suspension, which rules him out of the Cheltenham and the Bolton game. I've looked at his stats yesterday, and he's right up there with our top players, so I think he's going to be a big mess. I think Adico's on nine as well, and the cutoff, I'm pretty sure, is game week 37. I don't know if it's after game week 37 or before the kickoff, but Adiko, if he gets one more, he'll be banned for two games as well. So, Claire, I know we've talked about who we're going to bring in, but he will be a big mess. I'm, I'm sure of that. He's had, he's had some criticism, hasn't he? But I think generally he's been pretty solid. I personally think he's been pretty solid. He's not put, you know, he's not really put a foot wrong. He's had quieter games and, and games where he's been getting forward and, and making a big difference up top. But it's definitely a problem that Sean Maloney's got to find an answer to, isn't it, for the next two games? And you wouldn't want to have to find an answer to that to play Bolton. I think the only real criticism I've really had of Claire is giving the ball away. <laughs> Sometimes he just does these hospital passes and it just goes the wrong way. But he's been brilliant. And obviously, Pete likes him as well. So he's a bit of a Melchior-style player. Barely puts a foot wrong, really, in the overall in the overall scheme of things. But I thought yesterday, getting his head on things, every time a ball came into the box, it seemed to be Claire or Asgard getting the head on it. So, yeah, I think we'll miss him more in the Bolton game, I think, than than the Cheltenham one. Although Cheltenham won three on the bounce. So they got a they better turn up in form. Subjects today, Umphrey's for McGuinness on 70 minutes, Johnny Smith and Scott Smith for Matt Smith, and uh, Gordo Smith on 74 minutes. And Liam Morrison, who we've been... <laughs> screaming for over uh came off of Jordan Jones in eighty three minutes and uh, he shored up that defence and, and got quite a quite a bit of game time really with that added eleven minutes on at the end as well, didn't he? So let's get round to it. Curran Hughes, what do we make of the performance together? 
Very good. Very, very good. Hughes looked so confident yesterday. And I don't think he's really looked that confident over the last couple of games. I saw him getting frustrated against other players and sort of pushing the opposition sometimes, which isn't really like Hughes. He doesn't really seem to get involved in these little spats with other players. And I think that was just boiled down to frustration. But he was playing yesterday with his with his head up, looking up. Kerr was doing the same. Every time he got the ball, you could see he looked straight up and he was looking far for the long balls, which he can play. Didn't really hold on to the ball all that much. Like to get it moving. So I think as a as a partnership to play well. But when Chambers was slotting back into sort of your left centre back, they were going into a bit of a triangle shape with Hughes going more right and then Chambers more left. We've tried that with Good. It didn't quite work. Maybe Good's better if you have a flat two rather than this sort of diamond shape. But no, Kerr was very good yesterday, and it, I'm surprised he's only played three league games a season. And he's come back that well from injury. Has he been blended in, right? Because he, you know, he was out for a long time, wasn't he, with bad injuries? So maybe we're trying to sort of ease him back in. Played a couple of times with the uh, development squad. When I spoke to him about four or five weeks ago, or was it just before Christmas? Time goes so quick, doesn't it? I just lose track of where we are. But I did speak to him, and he said he was he'd been really frustrated when he had his foot injury after after coming back, and he couldn't wait to to get back playing again and. I thought he he played really well yesterday, and and didn't Sean Maloney in his post match interview mention something about the fact that something to do with the owners? Did it sound like I don't know? I might be right, reading too much into this. Does it sound like there's a new contract on the table for him? I remember exactly what the wording was, but it did sound very positive around. Yeah, it was, I'd love him to stay. It was something around building a competitive squad, wasn't it? Mm. Which you know this season <laughs> we've been somewhat Armstrong. Does that mean we're going for a competitive squad for next season, which is where we all wanted to be? Other performances that I think we've got to we've got to mention. I thought Barbara Deco played really well yesterday. Telawasgard, as you mentioned, Charlie got his head defensively he played well, but he, I thought he was really good on the ball. And Chambers, I thought he, he was superb for me, Chambers yesterday. There was one attack where he he won an header against Aaron Pio, which was uh, a fabulous header, considering the the difference. It was like a uh, a middleweight going up against a super heavyweight, put his body on his line for us. He's a lone player, he's a young lad, and he, he is going to be some player. Whether he's going to be a Premier League player is another matter. Uh, it may be, you know, that might work in our favour for getting back for another year, get him back in summer and, and have another 12 months out of him. Yeah, well, he never looks panicked. Every time we try and play out from the back, you can see he's already got a pass in mind where he's going to go. And if it does work out, well, that's where the link-up between him and Jordan Jones has got a lot better. Once he gets that link-up, then we're away. And I think he's kind of up against it when you look at Liverpool. They've got Robertson, Chimikas, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Connor Bradley, anything. My God, he's got some competition to, to try and reach those levels. But I've no doubt that League One is the very, very lowest he will play in his career. He's going to be a very solid championship player if he does step up. And I do think that there is a place for him in the sort of Premier League when he's when he's older. So, yeah, very good. Hopefully we can keep him for, for next season. Need to get Klopp on the phone and let him know for the next manager to send it back to us. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice what you said, though, as well, that yesterday, especially yesterday, him and Jones played together a lot more. Because it can be mentioned by quite a few people about the fact that when they were overlapping each other, the balls weren't necessarily being played, but yesterday they, they really were playing together very well. And I thought into changing passes between each other. Yeah, they looked really good together yesterday. So that's a, a partnership that's developed over the past few 
few games. I think special mention needs to go to Josh McGuinness as well. If I'm honest, I think that he was the perfect player to start. I think McGuinness kept Dunkley and Pierre busy all afternoon. Obviously got Dunkley booked as well because them two were in a tussle. And then I really took Dunkley out of the game a little bit. A bit like we saw when Charlie Hughes got booked last time. It's it's just something in your mind you go going, I can't go in for this challenge now because I'm already booked. Obviously, you wouldn't want to get sent off again like he did in the last one. So I think Josh McGuinness was a pretty perfect choice for that one to start. Man of the match was voted yeah. for by our listeners on both Facebook and Twitter. Latics number 15, Jason Curso. Congratulations, Jason. Well-deserved accolade. Something Sean Maloney mentioned in his after-match press conference as well about the, the final stages of the game, it's about the way we defended and the players putting the body on, on the line. He, he said, I get more pleasure out of watching a team put their bodies on the line for the club and for their teammates. And they did that today. I think I know what he meant by that. The fact that the, the passion was there in the players to to actually do well for the club and for each other. Yeah, I didn't quite know which way to take it. <laughs> when he said it, I thought, well, I get more pleasure watching us defend high up the field for the last 10 minutes. But I understand what Maloney was talking about. And I think that it was good that when Shrewsbury scored their goal early on, obviously it was ruled out for offside, Shrewsbury kicked up and kicked it up again and I thought okay we're this could rock us and in other games it has rocked us but we defended very well remained calm and then after we scored our goal I think Shrewsbury again switched it up and it was relentless at the end but you saw Asgard running everywhere across the field to try and close the ball down and stop the ball coming in then was running into the box and heading it out Sean Clare as I mentioned was heading it out Morrison when he came on was pretty faultless Jason Kerr and Hughes were great Tickle was great so I think that it was a proper defensive performance and I, I did like watching it. I, th- I think as a manager, your job's to motivate them. And if you see them doing that, you know they're motivated. So you, it's a bit of a pat on the back for the manager. I want to give a shout out to uh, a few people who came up to me for a chat yesterday. The ones whose names I got were Tom, Andy and Paul, but there were others as well. And they said they were listeners to the podcast and how much they enjoyed the positivity of the the podcast and the clinicality of the way we put the stats over. <laughs> they didn't say that's all, but I just thought I'd get clinicality in. But you know, it was it was really nice to hear that. You know, we are a very positive podcast. We're very positive towards the club. Each and every one of us is, has got we're gonna let it flowing through our veins. It's nice that somebody's enjoying what we do, because we enjoy what we do. Nice all the people do as well. There's times when we're not well like to Warren Joyce and administration and such like and it's difficult to be positive in those circumstances. But when you're watching a team rebuild and a club slowly, slowly building itself back from the ashes, how can you not be positive? It's the best part of the roller coaster when things are starting to get good. You've got to be positive when that's happening. We, we're looking now exactly as we said. Mr. Danson rescued us. We were in a big hole. We're slowly climbing out of that hole. We've achieved the first thing because, you know, we're going to stay in this division. That's no question. And we're going to be in a position where we get excited for next season. And then we just go from there, going in the right direction. How can you not be positive? How do you support a team and constantly be negative as well? And I was saying to Paul before, if you went to a concert of your artist that you that you like, and after every song you go, that was bad, that. Didn't like that performance. Didn't like that one on your album. Didn't like that. You wouldn't go to the concert, would you? Like, And then you got football uh, fans going to the Wigan Athletic Games. And after every game, they're going, didn't like that performance. Didn't like that player. Didn't like this. And you think... How are you supporting a side so negative? I really don't get it, but I think we're all we're all really happy with the way the season's gone. And I think a lot of the negativity that I see online is pe- speculation is a big one. And I see people saying, I can't see Danson spending in the summer. I can't see this player stepping up next year. 
But we don't know. We have no idea how the internal running goes. Mike Danson could spend a lot of money this summer when he's allowed, but at the minute he's not. So we we don't know. So I think people just need to enjoy the ride a little bit more. We'll we'll figure everything out in the end. I don't want him to, Charlie. I don't want to go back to them days, wheeling, worry, bosses, our success. We don't want it because that look how it left us, and we nearly lost the club twice. Let's do it properly this time. Let's enjoy the ride. Let's have the ups and the downs, uh, and love every second of it, and and just keep. Enjoying the football, because that's what it's about, isn't it? Getting together every Saturday and Tuesday, us getting together Wednesday and, and Sunday, having a chat about things, and, and away we go. We'll be back on Wednesday, looking ahead to Chatham Town. They're in a really precarious predicament at the moment, but they've hit a good bit of form, so we've got a tough challenge on, on Friday. We'll give that a full consideration on Wednesday when we're, we're back doing what we enjoy doing, talking about the athletics. So, until then, up the ticks and come on! Up the ticks. Come on.